Welcome to the Living Alive Podcast. I'm Autumn Shields, a Master Connect coach, speaker, author, and serial entrepreneur. And most importantly, your hostess here to help you live your life alive. See, I believe we all have the ability to feel and be guided by life's nudges to live on purpose. So I'm inviting you to take this journey with me. Whether you were here just wanting to dip your toe in the water and see what this is all about, or maybe you were ready to dive deep. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. On this show, you'll hear powerful life-changing stories from thought leaders of all walks of life that are stirring things up. We will guide you on living your life fully alive, how to identify the nudges, and why living a healthy lifestyle actually makes a difference. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and connected because it's your time to make a splash. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about guilt. And guilt is definitely a heavier subject, but it is so important because with just a little bit of understanding, it's something that we can actually deal with. And I know one thing for sure is that we cannot live our lives fully alive when we're carrying around guilt. And we're going to talk about it in a way that is not normally talked about. We sometimes refer to it as an action or something that we've done. Today, we're going to be specifically talking about it with feelings. So have you ever felt guilt over the way you were feeling? Or maybe you felt guilt over the way you thought you were supposed to be feeling and you weren't feeling that way. Well, I brought on one of my dear friends, Adi Elad from Maui that I visited a few months ago. And we just had an epic conversation. And I said, oh my gosh, you have to share this with our audience because he was sharing about a very traumatic event. And he was very surprised about different emotions that surfaced after that traumatic event, dealing with some other things that had happened in his life. So he's going to share that on the show, but rather this show is for you and, or maybe, you know, somebody that's really struggling with guilt, share this show with them because we know that we are all better together helping each other live our lives fully alive. So to learn more about Adi, he's an amazing person. He has such a heart for others, heart for community. He was born in Israel, served in the Israeli army, actually grew up in Chicago and worked his way to Hollywood and served three decades in producing and editing. And now he has such a heart for others and youth. He's actually teaching in that same field, but I am so honored to have him. He's a very busy man. And I'm so excited to have him on to share more about guilt. So welcome to the show, Adi. It's so great to have you here. It's my honor as well. Thank you for having me here, Autumn. I love being able to be 4,000 miles away um, from somebody and just being able to connect like this. It's much better seeing you in person. Um, I'm so glad we were able to connect. I just want to tell everybody why I have you on today. I was on Maui a few weeks ago, and because of COVID, I um, have not been back to Maui to see all my people. And as I used to live there for five years, there's so many amazing people that I miss seeing. And it was awesome that I got to see my amazing friend, Adi. And I was coming off one of my letting go exercise workshops, and we were having a great conversation about letting go. And I brought up that maybe I believe that there's women and men, we go through a lot of the same experiences, but that we process things different about letting go and different things that we hold on to. So I asked him one simple question about what do you think in your life has been the hardest thing to let go of? And he dove into this long story. And I thought that is so like crazy that he's like diving into this long story. I'm like, what is he getting to? Then once he got to the point and the word, I was like, yes, 
you have to share the story because I believe so many people go through similar things. And I just think it's so important for people to really know that they're not alone in the way they're processing things and maybe holding on to things that um, they're not alone and that there's um, different ways to see things and process things. So thank you for being on today. It's such an honor to have you. I'm honored as well. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought it up. This is one of the personal, most passionate subjects I like to, uh, you know, dwell about. I want to actually write a book, The Art of Letting Go. And it is an art. And, and unfortunately, that name is taken by another book. But I'll have to come up with a better title if I ever write uh, the book. It's, it's, it's about the art of letting go. And maybe art is the wrong word. Because a lot of people think that to be an artist, you need to be born with that. And the letting go art is something we can learn. It's acquired knowledge. You don't need to be born with it naturally. This is something that you can actually uh, learn how to do. The sad part is most people learn how to let go or realize they have to learn how to let go after a loss. I wish there was a class in college. I wish it was in grade school. Teach people how to let go before the disaster happens, before the loss happens. Because then guess what? When the loss shows up, you know what to do. Uh, and that's what it really comes down to. Um, you know, there's different um, layers of what does letting go mean. And I am I think we both agree that we, we're meaning here about letting go about uh, emotional trauma and how to deal with that and how to move on with your life, basically. Um, and, and that is very important to all of us. And it's all about loss. There's different kind of loss. You know, one thing I mentioned to you that I learned from my doctor after my loss, he called me in and told me I want to see you. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am fine. He goes, no, come see me. And he told me I have good news and bad news. And he goes, the good news is you have a post-traumatic stress syndrome. I'm like, why is that good? Because that means you're a human being, not a robot. If you didn't have it, I would be worried about you. If you have a loss, if you suffer a loss, um, having post-traumatic stress syndrome is normal. It's actually expected. It's part of the process of grieving uh, your loss. And then he goes, um, the bad news is that there's different kind of losses, okay? The most easy loss, again, it's still a loss, is loss of a parent. This is something we are raised into it. It's accepted in society. It's something we're exposed to all our life. That we are basically mentally and emotionally ready to lose our parents. As hard as it is to lose a parent, it's something we're ready for. It's just in our DNA to be ready for it. The worst loss of any kind is loss of a child. This is something against humanity. This is we're not ready for that. Nobody's ready for that. And therefore, all the other losses fall in between them. And we have to deal with them as they are. My loss was loss of a house to a wildfire. My doctor told me uh, the reason I'm feeling um, guilty about it, and I felt very guilty about it, is because it was a shock to the system. Now, why was I feeling guilty? Because I felt a bigger sense of a loss, losing my house to a fire and losing everything I had in my life in compared to the loss of my dad, what happens a few years earlier. I'm like, why do I feel a bigger sense of loss? And he goes, because you were ready for your dad uh, moving on. You were not ready for losing your house, basically. And therefore, it's okay. And that's what actually gave me the first tool to understand loss, to understand grief. You know, when I see friends of mine that go through a loss and refuse to deal with the grieving process, I'm like, oh gosh, they will never get out of it. They will never have a good life. And it's not about forgetting your loss. It's not about forgetting your parent or wh whatever loss you go through in life. It's never about forgetting it, but it's about dealing with the grief and understanding that we still are living and we have to go on with a wonderful life while remember everything. It's like, like the same thing when people, you know, tell me, you know, you got to live in the now. And what they mean is, 
not go take all your money and spend it all because there's no tomorrow. It's an emotional statement, basically. Live in the now emotionally. Yeah, plan your life. Don't spend all your money one day. Financially, you have to think long-term, work-wise, career, long-term. But emotionally, you can live today and now. There's no tomorrow emotionally because we don't know what we're going to feel tomorrow. I think that sums it up. I'm not sure if I came with the right angle because I'm like, usually I slowly step into it. You know, I had a beautiful house and then uh, Ted Kennedy's memorial was on television and a cop knocked at my door, told me there's a fire somewhere. Just stay, stay put, you know, close the doors and the windows. And lo and behold, before we know it, you know, the house was gone, basically. And uh, very sad, uh, you know, uh, anyone that lost their house will know what I'm talking about. Anyone that never lost their house will not understand this. Right. Uh, how can you compare loss of a house to a loss of a person? Because loss is a loss. Emotionally, it's all relative to the emotions you're going through at the moment, basically. So there you have it, you know. Yes. And I love what you said about, I think it's really important to kind of unpack this, is that we are kind of expected to lose parents or people that are older, whether it's grandparents, regardless of how close they are, it's, you know, what we're kind of taught. We're also taught in school about fires. Like, okay, if there is a fire in your home, this is what you do. If there's a fire in your school, this is the fire alarm to pull. But we're taught that in such little minutes out of our whole childhood. And we're not expected to lose it. When we think about a house, we think about a structure and that's not what a house is to most people. It's a home. Mm -hmm. It's all Mm -hmm. the belongings and it's the memories. It's the shock of it. And what's amazing is like, as you're going through this process and I love it, you're like, I'm on the front page of a newspaper and then I'm in these camps going around like the little tents that they set up to help assist you. And it was your doctor. And I think back in the day, a lot of our doctors that we know, we didn't, yep, we didn't become so there it is Los Angeles times. And we, you know, we, we haven't now we're a little bit more specialized in trauma, but that your doctor actually called you and said, no, you're not okay. You're coming to see me and we're going to have this conversation. So, and it was so nice that you were able to share that with other people. Like Mm -hmm. this is the real thing that's happening. And this is how we have to deal with it. This thing called PTSD, because a lot of times that PTSD has been kind of coined or partnered with, you know, veterans or war or um, rape victims. We hear of trauma victims, but when you think, well, why do I have that? But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a victim of trauma. And when the doctor's saying, yes, you are, it's just a different kind. And I think mm-hmm. that just like you said, nobody will understand it until they have gone through it. But sometimes it's so easy to judge somebody like, well, why can't you just get over that? Or it's not that big of a deal. At least you were safe, you know, whatever it may be. And until you go through it, you just don't realize it. And what's amazing about it is that you didn't have a hard time letting go of the house, even though that was PTSD, even though you, that was a grieving process that you had to go through. And number one, to be aware that you were in that process. And number two, that you are human and you're going to find the steps and ways to get out of that, that what kind of stuck you there, that hard part about letting go was that you had this guilt about your father, that you tied those two together. And when I asked her, I said, so many times when I ask men what they have the hardest time letting go of, not usually most of the time, it will say, people say guilt. And right when you said that, you're like, I, I had guilt about f- my feelings. And mm-hmm. to know that it's totally okay, whatever you felt at the time was 100% natural. Mm-hmm. But look at the steps. Number one, you had to have the awareness. And number two, you had to have the steps of somebody, mm-hmm. at least your doctor called you on it and said, hey, I'm just going to educate you on this. And this is why you were experiencing this. No reason yeah. to feel guilty about this, but these are the steps that you need to take. So just identifying that that was that guilt that kind of stuck you there. And so from that point on, can you share a little bit about what your doctor, some advice he gave you and that you were able to share with other people? 
Yeah, so one of the first steps in, in any loss, whether it's a parent, a house, coming back from a war, and trust me, I was a soldier, I was in a war, I know what that means. I'm not one of those that says I know what you went through because I went through that as well, so I can say that. Uh, I don't like when people say, oh, I know what you went through when you never went through it. Uh, but no, I've been in a war, I know what it is to be a soldier and fighting in a war. No fun, I can tell you that. And you know, any kind of loss, any kind of trauma, a rape victim, it's a loss. And we have to deal with it that way. The first step, actually, there's a few steps doing parallel, but what I want to talk about, the first step is accept the facts, okay? Mm-hmm. Assess the situation, okay? If I lost my parents, my dad passed away, it's a fact. It cannot be argued with. It cannot be, it's not an opinion. It's nothing you can change. Um, and the sooner you accept the facts, the sooner you can start your letting go process. Because if you don't accept the facts, the letting go will never happen. Um, that's number one. Assess the situation. You know, in my case of losing the house, the fact is the house is gone. I cannot deny it. I can feel guilty about it. I can feel a loss about it. I can miss my house. Uh, trust me, I'm still recovering till today. This is not something you recover overnight. But to accept the facts was the first step. I'm like, oh, actually, there's a life waiting for me. When I accepted the fact that my house is gone, I suddenly saw, well, somewhere down the line, there's another life waiting for me in a different way, in a different format. And that was nice to recognize, okay? Then the other part was I was crying for the first two weeks, literally crying nonstop. And all results of guilt, basically. Oh, my God, I forgot this in the house. I forgot that. Well, I had five minutes to pack up stuff. By the way, advice to everybody, put on your fridge a list of the stuff you want to grab if you have to evacuate immediately, whether it's a storm, a fire, whatever it is. They go, no, I know what I know. My jewelry is there. My money is there. My passport. Like, no. When you're in a rush to leave the house, your brain is blocked. You cannot think about anything. And therefore, a list on the fridge of what you need to do is something you wrote when you're coherent and not in a rush. I wish I had that list on my fridge to guide me what to do in those five minutes. My immediate response right when you said that is, it's not going to happen to me. I don't need that list. It's not going to happen to me. Because if it's not going to happen to me, I don't have to admit the fact that it could happen to me. Rather, it's yeah. it's being a victim of rape. Rather, it's losing a house. Rather, it's losing a parent, a child, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Is that it's not going to happen to me? It's just yeah. so much easier to live like that. And bottom line is, bad things do happen. Yeah. And so, preparing is an awesome thing because our brain does get blocked. And why? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. And and you ask me, do I have a list on my fridge? I don't. And I'll tell you why I don't. Even though I went through the experience, and the thing is, it's not going to happen to me. Well, it can happen to me. It can happen again. And uh, not that I'll be happy about yes. it, but we had fires a few years ago here in Maui that got really close to my home. And the reason I don't have a list is practicing the art of letting go. I went really deep into it. My connection to stuff, to anything I have in my house right now, even the photos that I saved, I, I, I did manage to save photos of my family from going back to 1904. That's the only thing I grabbed when I left the house. Even to that, I'm not attached. I, I just learned to detach myself from stuff. They're not important. Mm -hmm. So I don't, but for people that have not experienced that letting go and really live by that, having that list on the fridge is going to be important because there will be stuff you want to grab. And I can tell you right now, photos is stuff you cannot reproduce. Anything else you can buy new plates, you can buy new clothes, you know, that's, it takes time, but you can reproduce all that. Uh, Photos you can't. Uh, That's why I'm saying digitize it, put it on the cloud, you know. But I really learn. So if someone comes to a friend comes over and they help me wash the dishes and a glass breaks, I'm like, oh, well, and they go, you don't care. I'm like, no, I'm not attached to it. I'm no longer 
you know, involved emotionally with my stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm letting go. They're not important. Mm. Stuff are not important, you know. If I wear my beautiful white shirt and I stain it with wine and it never comes off, like, oh, well, I can paint with the shirt now. It's going to be my painting shirt. You know, I just don't care about these things anymore. They're not important, you know. So, um, and then the second thing that he recommended to me, uh, he goes, fake it till you make it. And what, it, what I mean by that? Um, fake a smile. If you're really sad inside, other people can help you. Now, if you put on a sad face, guess what other people look at you? Sad. Oh, can we hug you? Can we help you? Can we buy you lunch? You know, can we take you out for a drink? They all feel pity for you, basically. So if you take that sadness and leave it inside and fake smile, that's the fake it till you make it. Just fake smile. It can look fake. It doesn't have to be real. Just fake it. But people looking at you don't know that it's a fake smile. When you smile at people, what happens? They smile back at you. And when people smile at you, it affects you. It impacts you. It just pushes your adrenaline, works in your testosterone, whatever chemical reaction your body has. Guess what happened? Of two weeks faking my smile, I finally, and I'm getting, you know, goosebumps right now. I felt happiness inside. I'm like, oh my God, there is a light there. Okay, I get it. I can actually use other people's smile at me to better my life. What a simple trick. I've never heard a shrink say that to anybody. You know, it's like, Oh, you feel sad and depressed and lonely and like smile, just smile, just smile back at you and you will reap the benefit of people smiling at you. It's amazing what it does when people smile at you. Highly recommend that for anybody, you know, it's like just part of the art of right. letting go. You know, these are things we can learn to do. I wish people didn't have to go through a loss to learn this. There should be a literally a mandatory course in college or even in, you know, high school, you know, yeah. how to let go. Okay. We, they teach us about a fire. They teach us about loss, but they don't teach us how to live. You know, just like they don't teach us how to balance our, 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 our um, checking account, uh, which they should. Uh, they need to teach us basic skills of how to live life, you know, and that's what I believe. But I wish more people have these tools, you know, it's like, it's important to carry these tools around with you and take them out when you need them, basically, and use them to better your life, you know? And one thing you said about seeing a little glimpse of that light, it's all it takes is that to feel yeah. it. Because when you feel so bad for so many weeks and you're just feeling that trauma, when you're feeling tears, when you don't see a way out, whether it's somebody smiling or words of encouragement or just that smile at yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot what this feels like. Yeah. And then you you say, it's okay. It's actually okay to smile. It's okay to feel light again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people feel guilt over that, but it's okay to let go of that guilt. And it's okay to be in that place of, even if it's just for a moment, it's okay to feel okay. It's okay to feel a little bit of joy again, because that can yeah. build. And then when you're yeah. experiencing joy, you light the path for other people that have gone through the same thing. Absolutely. And one more tool that I carried with me all my life, ever since I, I was fired from my first job many, many, many years ago, and I talked to the uh, accountant over there. She was like my smoke buddy back in the day when I was smoking. Mm -hmm. um, she goes, Adi, can I give you a piece of advice? I'm like, absolutely. Okay, you lost your job. We get it. You want to blame somebody. You want to find a guilty party. You want to accuse somebody. Oh, it's their fault. It's not going to help you. Okay. The only thing that's going to help you is asking yourself, what can I do to better my life? Because I can't change other people's decision. I can't change other people. I can only change me. So whenever something happens, and it doesn't have to be as big as losing a job, but when something happens to me, I always look inward like, okay, what can I do about it? Not what, oh, they took it from me. They did this to me. 
you know, why did this happen to me? You know, um, no, what can I do to better my life? In case of losing the house to a fire, a year after dealing with the insurance company and the county and the state and all the legal stuff that I have to stick around for, yeah, there's a lot of work after loss of a house, by the way. After a year, I'm like, you know what, I'm done. I just, I had to give up. There's no more, let go, another let go. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided to um, literally take this fire as a sign to better my life. So I quit my job and I had an amazing job. I had a really high-end job in Hollywood. I decided to let go of it. And I decided to leave California on top of it. And I moved to the Big Island, you know, which eventually led me to Maui. But the fact that I took the guts to go to somewhere that I have no idea where I'm going. Did I have a job waiting for me there? Absolutely not. Did I have a, a, a life waiting for me? I don't know. I, I just decided to do it. I'm like, I need to let go of my existing life. And I know it's easier for me being a single person to uproot my life. Well, guess what? I didn't feel like I'm uprooting my life because my root was not the location I live in. You know, I don't yeah. think I uprooted my life. My roots are me and what I have to offer the world and my talents and what I can do and all that stuff. And so I don't feel like I was really uprooted. I just felt like I moved to a different location, different space, different mindset to continue my life, you know, and anyone can do it. Whether you have a huge family with you or not, you can always change everything. This is part of living in democracy allows us. This is, this is our freedom to make these choices. Okay. And I just took it, you know, was it gutsy? Absolutely. Do I know what I'm stepping into? Absolutely not. Still takes I, I, courage, I, I, whether you're single yeah, or not. It still takes courage to yeah. let go of that identity, let go of that location, let go of that security and go into the unknown. I mean, the unknown mm -hmm. is a very scary place. Yeah. Just you said, even the, if there was a job there, which there wasn't, it's just a lot of unknowns. And that's exactly yeah. what happened to me when I moved to Maui, which is a lot of unknowns. But yeah. taking yeah. that risk is freeing. Letting go of everything is freeing. Letting go of that yeah. stuff is freeing. And it's people always say, well, why am I supposed to be letting go? What, you know, what, what does it help to let go of that guilt? And mm -hmm. you could have stayed in that place of blame, but you let go of it. And I always say people are either in that mode of blaming or in that mode of building. You're either blaming or you're building. And either one's a fine camp to camp out in, but you know, blaming usually doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't mean it's yeah. right or wrong. It just doesn't get you anywhere. And there usually yeah. is blame. There usually is a person or something in the world to blame, but it's fine to acknowledge that. Just, just like you said, mm -hmm. it's the facts of the case. It's it's an absolute fact, mm -hmm. but you can choose yeah. to switch that around and build. And when I was a victim advocate for years in law enforcement, that's one thing I noticed is that I would meet people that have been through the most horrific things and they would just see somehow they would find the silver lining in it. Maybe not right away, mm -hmm. maybe not on day two or week two, or maybe even year two, but somehow they grabbed it and they mm -hmm. just ran with it. And once they turned that around, it's like they had this light around them or this joy that they've never experienced or a love that they've never experienced. And it's, it's like they have a light in them. Yeah. They also had that light to show other people like this is possible. And then I've met other people that the smallest thing happens, not judging, just comparative to other people that have gone through. And they hold on so tight that it does take root in them. And just like you said, that location was not your root yourself. You know, your roots are in yourself. They would cause those roots to spread outside of themselves and hold them in place. And a hurricane could come by and it would not knock them over from mm -hmm. really digging in and holding on to that place. And I'm like, just please, just please let go for you, not for the other person. And a lot of that comes out of 
you know, recognizing what happened, but yeah. also just forgiving, forgiving the situation. I would say, you know, it's not about letting the situation or the person off the hook. It's about letting yourself off the hook. And that's what you did by moving is just letting yourself off that hook of Absolutely. blame and just being able to move. Absolutely. And I can tell you one thing, it's highly addicting. Once you find that light, yes. you want more of it because there is yeah. more. And this is a good addiction. You don't need to go to a 12-step program afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a wonderful addiction to have. It is like a drug, you know, make no mistake. And I think it's better because um, this kind of, this light of the drug that I create for myself by letting go um, is beautiful um, and healthy, you know? And like, it's kind of funny because when I try to do different drugs in my life, even antibiotic, any kind of, you know, hallucinatory, uh, you know, medicine causes me depression and I want to kill myself. So I can't do all that stuff. So this light of a life is my drug of choice, basically. Uh, and every time I feel like, okay, I'm sad today. What's going on? Why am I sad? I, I go and like, okay, I know how to find that light. Let's do the one, two, threes that I need to do and yes. letting go. Um, and it might take a day or two or a week or two or a month. doesn't matter. But I know at the end, I'll find that light again because I'm familiar with it. I know it's there. I just have to yes. go and find it again. And it triggers me, okay, I'm suddenly motivated all over again to continue with my life. And even though life on Maui for me is amazing and I love being here, I'm not rooted in terms of I can move somewhere else and still right. do this, this. That light will go with me wherever I am. I have friends that live in LA, they have a family and kids. And for years, they've been miserable, complaining about everything. And I'm like, guys, why don't you just move somewhere, get out of that horrible city. Uh, and they go, we can. I'm like, why? Because we have the kids, we have connection, we have this. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're not letting go. This is like 30 years later, they're still stuck in that. You know, they will probably never learn how to let go. They refuse to even accept that as an option, you know, and it's sad. And I wish people saw the light in that, at least tr give it a try kind of thing to let go. It just makes life so much better. Beautiful. I love that you said that because I always think about what's on the other side. Like what is it, what's worth and my partner and I talk about it all the time that we actually feel bad for people. Not that I want to ever wish anybody harm or bad. I wish everyone would just live have a perfect life. But once you've gone through that and you get to the other side, I think not only does it take courage to get to the other side, but you grow so much as a person, but you also build that confidence that you said, I know there's comfort in knowing it. It's not only a drug of that light, but you also have the confidence, whatever comes your way, you know that you can do it because you can find that light again. And yeah. I almost feel bad for people that don't know how to find that light or get to the other mm -hmm. side because when bad things happen, it's like, well, what are we going to do? And just like you said, the basic of teaching this. And I just wish, you know, thank you for sharing the tools today. I am sure there's people that are going to grab onto one or all of these steps and say, you know what, I'm going to just try it. I'm going to implement them. But the great thing is, is for people like you that have found the light and gotten to the other side of things, there's a lot of other things that have happened in your life, not just this fire. We just had the conversation about fire, but you've got, been able to find that light and that light within. And then what's awesome about people like you is that you've committed your life to illuminating that for other people, that path for other people. And that's who you are. And that's your heart. And I'm just so thankful to know you and thank you for sharing today. So if there's anything besides the steps and filling that light, I think you've said it all about just really feeling addicted to that light. What is it one thing about kind of letting go of that guilt? If you can think about that place of really feeling that guilt and letting go of that, what has really helped you and what has it been worth to like living your life alive now? I would say uh, follow your passion, regardless of the risk factor, regardless of the ramification of the, you know, uh, what can happen. I say follow your passion at all costs. Don't follow in anyone else's footsteps, but your own. 
find your passion and go after it, you know. Is there a risk? Yeah. You know, one of the things when I looked about moving to Hawaii, not having a job and leaving an amazing job of many, many years, a great career, I remembered a visit to North Shore Oahu and I saw the homeless uh, surfer dudes up there and I talked to them. They were very happy. They were very well fed. They surfed every day. And it gave me a newly found respect to surfer dudes because they're not surfer dudes. Surfing is hard. It takes brain, soul, passion, power. It's a, I can't surf. But I respected homeless surfers in North Shore and saw how they happy they are. I'm like, oh, this is my worst case scenario. If I move and fall, I'm moving to North Shore while we're joining these dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad life. It's okay. Always assess what's the worst that can happen and whether that fall is going to be on a harsh concrete from the 10th floor or on soft sand in North Shore, Hawaii, you know. And if the fall is not uh, too harsh, the worst case scenario, go for it. You know, take the risk of your life. It's okay, you know. But just follow your passion at all costs. Uh, Guarantee your life will be beautiful. Yes, what great advice. And you live that. And what's so great about people is different saying it. It's different teaching it in a school. I know, obviously, you're an instructor in school in Maui, but it's just, it's so nice to, to have more people to share stories. So, you know, I can look at your life and say, oh, it must be nice to have your life, but knowing that you've had to overcome so many things and that light is there and it shines in and outside of you and you inspire so many people in so many different areas of your life. So, so blessed to know you. Thank you so much for sharing on the show. I know it helps other people just live their life fully alive. And that is what we are aiming to do on the show. And obviously I'm writing a book about letting go definitely leaning towards the ladies. So it's great to have a man's point of view. And I'm sure there's um, some further projects that we can work together on as far as um, helping more people let go of things because it is such a freeing. If I think about a word about letting go of certain things, it's freeing. Mm -hmm. It's scary, but it is freeing. Just like you said, just, okay, the worst thing is I'm going to be on North Shore Hawaii. It's okay. The worst thing that's going to happen is, and I I think that's a great game to play with yourself. The worst thing that's going to happen is, and it's just actually getting our brains to go there and know that it's going to be okay. If I lost my house in a fire, if I actually don't make the list and I lose what you told me to like put on the refrigerator, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? And so all of those things that you passed on, we'll um, put in the show notes so people have them and we'll be able to share on all the platforms. And so where can people find you to connect with you and follow you and learn more about you? Basically, I have a website, you know, audiowood.com. That's one way, um, you know, Facebook, I only keep people that I actually know in person. I don't, I mean, it's open to the public, but I don't befriend people unless I met them in person. That's one of my rules of Facebook. Uh, And even that, I'm feeling I need to fade away a little bit from social media. Uh, I have an Instagram account that I opened for my photography business, but that slowly became like Instagram and I'm going to became a joke. So I don't use it professionally anymore. So that's not a good place to follow me. Um, (laughs) I would just say uh, my website, probably audiowood.com. Yes. A lot of your work's there and doing awesome work. So thank you so much again for um, being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you soon back in Maui. Aloha. Mahalo. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. And remember, good friends don't keep great messages to themselves. So keep the ripples moving and share this episode with your friends. Also, wherever you listen to podcasts, please take a moment to review or download this episode. I would love to connect with you. Regardless of where you're at on your journey, maybe you're feeling like you can't set sail or maybe you're out there rocking the open seas. 
find me at autumnshields.com or on social and say hello. If you would like a complimentary coaching sesh, all you have to do is click on Let's Connect and let me know three things you would like to get out of the conversation and we will make it happen. So make today the day you decide to live your life alive and leave room for the unimaginable. So until next time, keep following the nudges.